What's up, all of you out-of-character listeners? Ryan Satin here, welcoming you back to another Raw Roundup. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview with Tamina in the feed. I was a big fan of it. I felt like she showed a side of herself that she doesn't often show in the media, doesn't do a ton of interviews, so it was very cool to get another side of her on this week's show. If you haven't listened to it yet, don't be a fool. Don't be silly. Go and check it out. I know you got lots of podcasts out there to listen to, but it was a very good conversation, and it was one that I was very proud of. So please, if you're listening to this, if you're a listener of the show, don't pass that one up. Give it a shot. Also, thanks as well to those of you listening to this who tweet me your thoughts on my ramblings here without some of you to bounce my th- without someone here to bounce my thoughts off of. It's helpful when some of you point out something to me that I may not have thought out. I'll specifically shout out one of you who did that in just a bit when we get to that segment on the show. But first, Raw this week opened up with Brock Lesnar. Had a smile on his face coming out to the ring, still in cowboy Brock attire. He says he's going to slaughter Roman at SummerSlam like the pigs on his farm and refers to Roman Reigns as the tribal hog. Paul Heyman walks out next and explains why Brock should be the odds-on favorite. That's a hog slayer. That's an avenging badass that wants revenge. But then he explains that Roman's going to do anything to win, that he himself will make sure that Roman Reigns does anything to win. And he says this line that, man, (laughs) it was one of those things when someone says it, You can't help but just do a double take no matter what you're doing at the time. If you're not paying attention to the TV, if you're looking at your phone, this one's going to make you look up. He says, I will have Roman Reigns ready for you at SummerSlam to put you down. If I have to train Roman Reigns to stick his hand up your ass and pull your heart out through that hole, that is what my tribal chief is going to do. Oh, man, when he said that, I just like, wait, what? I just The visual image that that paints in your mind is so horrifying, so horrifying. Like, imagine seeing someone actually do that. I know, I know that it's metaphorical, but still, when I think of someone pulling someone's heart out, I think of Indiana Jones, you know, where the guy is, like, putting his hand through people's chest and pulling their heart out. Um, so I already kind of have like an idea of what it looks like, but now I'm just picturing it with Roman Reigns doing it to Brock Lesnar up his, uh, rectum. And it's a terrifying sight, like just a terrifying sight. I saw a picture that Howie Mandel or a video that a TikTok that Howie Mandel posted and deleted. And it it was similar image in your mind and it's not a pretty one don't go look up the video i shouldn't have even mentioned it don't go look up the video don't go look up the video uh uh, after that uh theory interrupts the conversation to say he plans to take his u.s title back from lashley at summerslam then cash in after roman and brock's last man standing match to become the undisputed universal champion the youngest undisputed wwe universal champion and when he said this 
I loved Brock kind of like he had this look on his face that I think most people watching had while hearing Theory drop a line like that while talking about two guys like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar uh, cracked me up because Brock Lesnar has this look on his face and then he says to uh, he says to Theory, well, why don't you come down here right now and let's go. And just the way he said it was just so funny, so dismissive of, of Theory, um, which I feel like is going to be the running theme of Theory's Money in the Bank holding time. It's going to be everybody kind of underestimating Theory, looking at him saying, that guy is not going to cash in. That guy can't successfully cash in. What's he going to do? Look at him. Look at him compared to the Tribal Chief. Look at him compared to Brock Lesnar. Look at him compared to Lashley. Um, which makes me think more and more that he will be one of the people that successfully cashes in at some point, however he does it. I don't see him cashing in at SummerSlam as much as they're teasing it, as much as they're building up towards it. Um, I don't even know if I'm thinking that he's going to win the United States title. I actually think that the way he gets kind of the, the thought of theory cashing in gets taken out of your mind as I'm sure he'll get the crap kicked out of him by Lashley and beaten down afterwards or something and then is unable to cash in later in the night. That's just my guess. Uh, Alpha Academy. Oh, well, first, theory shows footage of Brock and him at Elimination Chamber and says he hasn't forgotten. And then Alpha Academy show up ringside and Otis steps up in the ring. But Lesnar just makes quick work of them one thing I liked in this that made me laugh was when Otis gets in the ring and he stands face to face with Brock for a quick second they both kind of do the exact same motion at each at each other they both kind of like they both do the exact same motion at each other they put their hands up and they do the come here thing it's very quick but it's literally the exact same movement and it made me laugh because it was the toughest that Otis has looked in a minute even if he gets even if he got beat up shortly after because uh, Brock did beat them up for a minute afterwards <laughs> Brock definitely roughed him up he annihilates both with steel steps and then he f5s Otis through the announce table this was a fantastic way to start off raw I think a lot of times I we as wrestling fans we can complain about anything but I find it hard to to complain about a segment as entertaining as this. You got a little bit of everything. You got drama, you got comedy, you got action, you got intrigue. Everything packed into one opening here. Very, very enjoyable way to start the show. The Mysterios and the Judgment Day were up next. Damian Priest <laughs> says that uh, that Rey Mysterio is washed after 20 years in the business and then reiterates their offer for Dominic to join them rise with the judgment day or continue to fall alongside your father Balor then takes the microphone and reminds everyone what he did to edge and says that they did that to edge because he was a bad leader and that similarly Rey Mysterio is both a bad leader and also a bad father obviously this prompts Rey to deck Balor we get Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor after that great match Finn Balor wins with the coup de grace and afterward, there's a little glare between Finn Balor and Dominic. I do think that someone has to be joining the Judgment Day very soon, now that Rhea Ripley seems to be out of action. Uh, I, she posted a picture this weekend where she had some sort of heart monitor on. 
I believe. And so I don't see her wrestling anytime soon. I'm assuming we won't even see her on TV if that's actually the case. Therefore, um, they got to add someone else to this group. It's got to be more than a tag team. It's got to be a faction. Tell me who you guys want to see join the group. I think before we were all kind of picking who we'd like to see Edge mentor. But is there anyone that you think would be a good fit for this group just based on their vibe alone? I want to hear it. Tell me. Tweet me what you're thinking. Send it to me on TikTok, Instagram, wherever. Let me know. I want to hear what you guys are thinking as to who should be the next member of the Judgment Day. Becky Lynch was after that, cut a promo, says she lost a little bit of herself. She lost herself a little bit, but she's realizing that cashing in money in the bank is like winning the lottery, and she doesn't need to win the lottery. She works her ass off to earn a paycheck and says last week's win over Asuka should have earned her a title match, but instead she's being made to jump through hoops to work her way back to the top. Demands a championship match at SummerSlam. So then she's sitting there ringside, and we get Bianca Belair versus Carmella, which in my opinion was the match of the night. I really enjoyed this one. Car- I mean, uh, Bianca just, man, like every time she is in that ring, it's impressive. Like she just astounds me with her her strength just no matter what like she's always doing something where you just go man the strength involved in that um there was two instances of that uh in this one where but the main like most impressive one was where Carmella jumped at her off the top rope for a crossbody and she catches her in the crossbody then spins her around to the front in like a it spins around to the front in like a, a power slam type position kind of thing then deadlifts her up into a suplex and holds her up into the air before landing it. Like, dude, I got sore just watching that. Like, geez, that was so impressive. I was just like, damn, this woman is an amazing, amazing athlete. Every time she's in the ring, I'm just like, this girl is money. And 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 she definitely showed it here. She had that other cool spot in this match where she caught the super kick. Reversed it into the tur- into a turnbuckle powerbomb of sorts. Um, and also, props to Carmella here, too. That was an awesome reversal on the KOD. I actually, it was so, like, cool looking where she reversed it into a X Factor. Um, I It was one of those times where I just, I, I was like, are they going to have a title change randomly on Raw right before SummerSlam? Like, no way. I actually bought into it for a second because it looked so badass. But, alas, Becky distracts Bianca a little bit later. Carmella wins by countout. Now, here was my question, and you tell me. Feel free to tweet me and let me know if you have an answer for this that logically makes sense. But if Becky is saying she wants a title match at SummerSlam, why would she help someone else beat Bianca Belair? Because that would just mean this other person now has more of an argument to be in the title match than Becky Lynch does. Am I crazy for thinking that? And yeah, I heard Graves saying that it was to embarrass Bianca. But logically, it doesn't make a ton of sense. All right, let's get to the commercials and I'll be right back. All right, let's get into the next part. We had Miz TV with Ciampa. Ciampa says he wants it all. WrestleMania, SummerSlam. And he's with Miz because Miz has the most eyes on him at all times. The Miz talks about Logan Paul's recent social media post saying he's coming for him at SummerSlam. And Miz says he's given Logan 
one last opportunity to retract his statements, accept his offer, and become tag team champs with him, or I'll find someone else clearly talking about Ciampa. AJ comes out to talk trash. There's some physicality, and then Ezekiel comes out. Uh, Ezekiel comes out and says, Elias used to say that Miz does have tiny balls, <laughs> then reveals that he's going to be AJ's tag partner in the match. Miz and Ciampa versus AJ Styles, and Ezekiel ends in DQ after Ciampa attacks Styles and won't stop on the ref's count. Big fan of Miz and Ciampa being paired together. I mentioned it once on here before that I felt like much like Madcap and and Corbin or Amos and AJ Styles and now MVP, um, some of these guys who get brought up from NXT, I do think they seem to be faring a little better when they get paired up with someone who is already an established member of the roster. So I like this association between Miz and Ciampa, and I'll get to Logan Paul and The Miz in a little bit when we get to the video that Logan Paul did on the show. After that, we had Riddle and Lashley backstage talking about their match coming up later, and I just I got such a kick out of Riddle asking Lashley if he wants to watch Stranger Things together later, and then Lashley declines because he's already watched. Um, that Stranger Things finale was so good. So good. I think we can talk about it now. I think enough time has passed. Eddie, man. Eddie in the Upside Down. I've been listening to Master of Puppets for the past few days. My producer's on this call, teasing me mad, knowing that I've been listening to Guns N' Roses the past few days, too, since I I did like Thor, Love and Thunder. He told me he hated it. <laughs> but I liked it. Which side were you on? I don't know. What about you? What are you guys? Were you guys team hate it, team liked it? Let me know. I feel like we can all agree, though. The music in it was pretty dope. Hopefully we can all agree on that. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. MCU. Very much a polarizing topic when people are debating it. <laughs> Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Alexa Bliss and Asuka pick up the win. The Usos and the Street Profits have a segment together. The two teams traded words on the mic regarding the special guest referee for their rematch at SummerSlam. And this is the shout-out that I was talking about earlier that I wanted to give. Uh, Rob Appleton, at Rob Appleton 86 who listens to the show, pointed out to me when I was talking about the special guest referee possibilities that I didn't even bring up the honorary oos, Sammy Zayn being the special guest referee, which makes all the sense in the world. I don't know how I left that out, especially since he doesn't seem to be factoring into anything else at SummerSlam right now. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. And whether Sammy cheats to help them retain or give you know which would give street profits another out or somehow accidentally messing up so that they so that the street profits win it'll remain to be seen but i like i like the idea of sammy Zayn eventually being the honorary oose slash special guest referee in this match and i think actually this segment does set up the poss- that being a more likely possibility because we had a bunch of wrestlers coming out saying that they excuse me superstars coming out saying that they want uh, to be the special guest referee we had our truth coming out and saying that he is uh specially that he's someone who who is ordained to be a special certified to be a referee and he tries to apply for a spot as the special guest referee and i liked to hear how Jimmy Uso calls Truth a clown ass, and Truth suddenly gets serious for a second. Like, we're going to see the truth of old. Ron Killings snap into business. Uh, but then he has trouble getting his arm out of the shirt and 
we get the the, the lovable R-Truth that we're used to. Says he'll fight both of them with his partners, prompting Amos to come out. MVP says Amos could be the special guest referee, but instead he decided to be part of this match. We had Street Profits and R-Truth versus the Usos and Amos. Amos wins the match for their team. Seth Rollins, he's backstage. He says he doesn't give a damn about Ezekiel's real identity. And I laughed here. I thought it was funny uh, when he called, when he was naming off all the possible identities that Ezekiel has. And he called him El Gigante for a second. Nice shout out. Nice little throwback there from Rollins. Um, And then he says Riddle can't hide behind Randy anymore and claims he's just chasing him for clout. Says sooner or later, Riddle will get burned. Theory walks into frame, asks for advice on cashing in from someone who was the main architect behind the heist of the century at WrestleMania. Rollins walks off with him to the ring, happy to give him some. Now, this was, I think, this next part, uh, the most clear indication that the the mysterious vignette that we've been seeing on WWE TV is clearly for a returning edge. This this video we saw uh, Foley's flannel on fire to call back to their WrestleMania match. We saw an RKO shirt leading back to obviously his team with uh, Randy Orton, Team RKO, uh, and then um, yeah, and then a John, oh, and then a John Cena hat. So uh, clearly edge now. Um, I you know. I I don't I've been here's my thought process on this. Um also I said team RKO it's like I meant I meant to say rated RKO. Um my thought process on this is his return you'd think already is built in with the judgment day taking him out. So I'm a little confused as to why Edge would need new vignettes to tease like another character change when he kind of just had one now i get if he's gonna go from this heel character he was doing to a baby face character that it needs to have a little bit of a difference between the two but i think that like that's something that you could just explain on camera once he comes back so i as i like how these look but i like when a vignette is for like a returning wrestler that's been gone for a long time or a debuting wrestler because all it's doing is dedicating TV time to get you excited for when they come back. And you'd think that in order to do that, they should be letting Balor and Priest continue to get build that anticipation by crap-talking Edge. That's just my wrestling brain. Maybe I'm wrong here. You tell me what you think. Tweet me. Let me know. Uh, if you think I'm I'm on the wrong side of things here, I'd be interested to find out because it's not that I don't like these. I just feel like the the build up for Edge's return could be done in a way that also benefits Balor and Priest a little bit more. Now I know they mentioned him earlier, but I'm just saying the cool part of these vignettes now, rather than what you know, rather than what um, the cool things are. Excuse me, the cool things are these vignettes now, rather than what Balor and priest are saying so that's just my tiny little nitpick on this uh logan paul video saying he'll be there next week to confront 
Miz. Um, I'm excited for this. I think Logan Paul uh, did good his first time around. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, like I said before, I think they're leaning a little bit, leaning a little too hard into Logan Paul being a babyface. But I will reserve judgment until we see what happens next week. Main event of the show, Riddle and Lashley versus Theory and Rollins. And the big news coming out of this match was Dolph Ziggler reappearing, not in jean attire, but wearing a suit. And he appears during the match and eventually helps Riddle by pushing Theory's feet off the ropes while he's trying to cheat. Riddle and Lashley win. Ziggler then gets in the ring and hits a super kick on Theory. Is this a face turn for Dolph Ziggler? He's been doing the heel thing for a little bit, made an appearance in NXT, did his thing with Braun Breaker, but now he's going for the money in the bank holder who is a clear-cut heel. Now, the storyline is there in some way, shape, or form. You could say, like, Dolph Ziggler was like, I was you, I've been you, I know who you are, and I know what your future holds. Uh, I, you know, look in a mirror. You know, all I got to do is look in a mirror, and I can see you. Um, but um, so because of that, I like it. I'm into this. You know, I think that Dolph Ziggler, I am someone who thinks that there's so much value in Dolph Ziggler as a performer. He's awesome. He's great in the ring. He is someone who is uh, one of the longest tenured members of the roster at this point someone that has the trust of everyone behind the scenes and I've said it many times I would be super cool with another world title run for Dolph Ziggler now I don't think that that's what's happening here but that just is to explain to you my level of appreciation for what Ziggler does in the ring so I like this I think that um, he was sitting on the sidelines for no reason it seems so you might as well use someone who is an A-plus player in my mind. All right, before we get out of here, please leave a rating or review if you're enjoying these Roundup podcasts. These things are still new for us, so anything to help spread the word helps. It's tough to crack the top 10 in the charts without you guys letting people know what's happening, so hook me up, man. Help me out. Hook me up with some reviews. Put a rating in there if you like the show. I would appreciate it very, very much. Please, hook me up. I work really hard on this 24-7, so, you know, pay it back a little bit. <laughs> Look at me. I'm guilt-tripping you at the end of my podcast. I'm such a dick. I get that I get that guilt-tripping from my grandma. Uh, there's just only so much shouting into the wind I can do on social media myself. Also, also go check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv, Ryan Satin Streams. I've been watching a bunch of vintage wrestling on there. I think you guys will enjoy it, so check it out. Super fun. If you're on, if you're one of those people who's a Twitcher like myself now, please check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a new channel and I'm growing it and the community is growing at the same time. So hop aboard while you can. All right, we're done here. I will be back on Friday for the SmackDown Roundup. And also, I'm going to be dropping something on Sunday as well a little best of the week. So check back in on Friday for the SmackDown Roundup. Later, guys. Yeah.